Podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the new old school podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. You can download any of these free apps, any mobile device. Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, and Spotify. They're all free. Get the apps. Join all these people from all over this blue marble planet that have been tuning in to the new old school podcast. I love it. Also, I just noticed uh, here in the good old USA that we are being listened to in 31 of our great states across the land. Of course, it is my hopes to reach all of them very soon, and that's going to happen because you're going to help us spread the word. Help us out if you would, please. How is everybody doing today? I love that we have this kind of technology available. It's funny to me to think back at how opposed to things that I had been in the past. I know things like television for sure. It took them two years to convince me to do television. Not just doing it because I was told to, but because God wanted me to. But I'm going to tell you, I fought that. And then this thing called podcast. Podcast? We had a radio station a few years back, and that was doing really well. Loved that. I couldn't keep up with it. We just didn't have the staff. But uh, you got to babysit that 24-7. It was just too much. Trying to keep up with new music every day and new programs and daily just trying to stay on air with computers updating in the middle of the night and but this thing a podcast it's like I don't know a podcast what's a podcast but here we are I'm thankful that God pushes me into the things that I am very uncomfortable with and in the end of course it works out and here we are reaching the world I love it reaching the world we are reaching the world it's amazing Uh, another amazing avenue very thankful for you all our listeners Our series, you remember Doorways to Deception, how deception comes. It can uh, destroy, and most importantly, how we can avoid it. Now, I'm purposely dragging this one out into smaller podcasts because I want us to really recognize these dangers. Deception. We get tricked. We get fooled. We get lied to, and and it can be so hard to recognize. I've been there in some situations. It's a horrible place to be in once you discover that I've been deceived. Because you really did believe that you were not at the time until revelation comes. And I really hate it when I realize at times that I was living in the worst form to me was self-deception. Nobody else had to help me. I did that myself. Well, let's not be fooled again. So today I want to hit on a point once again, still still going down the same path with this one. Uh, But we talked about casting down imaginations in previous podcasts, and I I can't express to you the importance of this. I really want to hit on think it, speak it, and do it. Now, in the Christian world, we don't talk much about our imagination because it's kind of been hijacked by New Age thinking. But in reality, God gave us the ability to imagine things to see things in the mind or to have the mind of Christ. Now, for us, it's allowing, let's say it this way. For us, it's going to be allowing faith to invade the mind. 
Does that make sense? Allowing faith to invade my mind, my thought process. And then my mind is going to process faith and what that looks like coming into a reality. To think what it would be like having that mental picture, seeing how a thing might turn out before it does. We call it faith, but it's tied to imagining it taking place. Uh, Again, not new age. No, it's based off the word of God. Not just allowing any old thing, but allowing the word of God to invade that space between my ears and then to see the mental picture of what that looks like. Now, of course, as with everything, there's a healthy side and there is a dangerous side. Having imaginations of experiencing the word of God is an amazing tool. And the way we imagine our lives or see our lives will have a major impact impact on your life and how it's actually lived. It's not mind science. It's simply the imagination will prompt and motivate your life. And then ultimately your behavior is working towards that imagination or against it. So this is why the devil likes to hit the thought life so hard with vain uh, or empty imaginations. Now, it could be fantasizing about sinful things, or I catch myself more leaning towards imagining useless things, right? I can, I can kind of catch the sinful things now, right? I mean, having that light in my life now and recognizing what is sin, of course, right? When you didn't know, you didn't know. But for me, it's more, it's more useless things, worrying about things that haven't even happened and probably, most likely, won't happen, Now, we've all done this, where you have thought all the way through something that you're going to say to somebody when you see them, and you've just spent 30 minutes in your mind fighting this person and imagining all the things you're going to say and do and how it's going to go down, and you wear yourself out, and you, you haven't even done anything yet. And then when you see them, it doesn't go that way anyway. What a waste of time. The devil always wants you to expect the worst. So he hits the mind with thoughts of sickness and disease, how broke you are. Or how about this? When you do get some money and you do get ahead, he's going to be sure that he's going to hit you with, well, yeah, sure, you're doing okay now. But boy, you're really running through it pretty fast. Look at how quick those numbers are going down. He's always going to try to get you to dwell on thoughts so that it will affect the direction of your life. Here's a terrible very sad example that I could share with you. A woman that I know personally, she was in her 40s at that time, healthy, no problems whatsoever. But her grandmother had breast cancer at some point in her life. And there was an aunt in in this line of family that had had breast cancer as well. And she would just dwell on this, right? Now, now, not Now, some others in the family had not had breast cancer, right? So it wasn't like grandma had it and the aunts and mom and my sisters, right? This was a a grandmother had had it and an aunt had had it. And she would dwell on this. Now, this woman had experienced supernatural healing in another area of her life at one time where God touched her and healed her. And she knew God as a healer, no doubt. And I I don't mean just because he touched her, but I mean, she, she had sat in many of our classes and had traveled around with this and had really been learning some things. And so she knew what the Bible says about God as a healer, but she would just go and get checked out over and over for breast cancer. And every time they would say, no, you're all clear. Everything looks great. Then she'd go back again. No, no, you're fine. Uh, No breast cancer. Finally, she went 
and had her breasts removed. Now listen to me. No cancer, no tumors, no precancer, no markers, no nothing. And she had them removed because she was just convinced that she was going to get breast cancer. And so, well, if I don't have any breasts, then I won't get breast cancer. Are you kidding me? Totally affected the direction of her life. And now guess what? Oh, well, no man's going to want me because I don't have breasts. That's the thing, the cycle she's caught up in now. Satan is such a liar. Friends, listen, when we find ourselves in a difficult time, the devil will do everything he can to keep you there by by promoting vain imagination consistent with the negative situation. Proverbs 23 and verse 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It doesn't matter what the actual truth is. It's what you think the truth is that matters to you. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. I think of those 12 spies that went to spy out the promised land. Promised. God promised this land. And remember now, here we have God who has just shown himself faithful, delivered them out of slavery, splits open the Red Sea, wipes out their enemies. The snakes come, bite people, look at the pole, they're healed. All this stuff provided food and water, and I've got this land for you that's just going to be amazing, and it's all yours, and so go get it. And so here they are. Well, hey, 12, I need you guys to go spy out the land. All 12 of them come back as, uh, right? Remember the story. All 12 of them came back reporting uh, as having observed the same exact things, right? Wow, it is amazing. Every single thing that God said it would be, it is. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. And as a matter of fact, look at this cluster of grapes that we cut down. It took two of us to carry it back here. It's so huge. We've never seen a place that just flows with prosperity like this. But, but, um, um, the giants, the giants just kill and devour everything they see. Um, my first question would have been then, then how did you make it out alive? Their imaginations were taking over. God said it was yours. But but the giants, God knew and they knew that giants were in there. Guys, this was not a surprise. They knew that it was the land of this anak and attack and rack shack and back. They run down the list of already knowing the giants that dwell in the land. This was no surprise, but they allowed their imaginations to run. Now they're going to tell you, not what they saw, right? Because they already said what they saw that absolutely lines up with what God said. 100% lines up with what God said. They're not going to tell you what they saw. Now they're going to start telling you what they think. And then they said this, we are grasshoppers in our own sight. Our own sight. We see ourselves as grasshoppers. Two of them said, shut up, surely we're able to take the land. All saw the same things, but not all were thinking the same way. As they thought in their hearts, so they were. And it changed the direction of their lives forever. And those around them too. I wonder how many times that we have known the promises of God, seen the faithfulness of God, can go back and look at the track record of God, 
and how he has done what he said he would do in our own lives, only to allow giants to invade our minds. Giants of sickness and disease and poverty. Do not allow contrary thoughts to God's word to stay in your mind. Now listen, they will come. This is why your Bible says you have to take every thought captive because there will be some that do not belong there. You take them captive and you subject them to the word of God. What are we saying? You interrogate these thoughts. Listen to me. Here's, here's a lesson I want you to catch out of today if you don't hear anything else. Make your thoughts give you scripture for why they are thinking that way. It's the best way to do it, friends. You grab a thought and ask it, where is that in the Bible? right? If it cannot answer correctly, you cast that lie down. On the flip side now, we begin to imagine doing the works of Jesus. See yourselves as healed. What would that look like? See yourself prospering and how would that feel? See situations working out and how that looks. And then add your scriptures to it. Where's my scriptures for me daring to think that I could be healed of this cancer? Where is that scripture that my mind is thinking everything's going to be okay. How in the world can everything be okay? Where's that scripture? Oh, a peace that passes all understanding is guarding my heart and my, oh, and my mind. Okay. I mean, come on. See the, right? Add scripture to it. Where is that in the Bible? See yourselves walking in victory, doing all the things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. And then, man, then we add the helper to our life. Now, it's not just imaginations. Now, once our, once our thoughts line up with his words, now we call upon the helper because we're going to start being doers, right? Once we've seen it and we've got our scriptures, man, all of a sudden we, we step out of the boat a little bit. And what happens now? We got the helper coming into our lives. Friends, you got to work hard to fail at this. Once our thoughts line up with the word, now we can call upon the helper to help us see it come to pass. When we step out to be the doer, he will help and it will happen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9, that God will show you things that the eye hasn't even seen yet. Your ear has not even heard. Your heart has not even pondered on because it seems so big and so far out there. He's going to show you the things that he has prepared for those who love him. I can tell you that I had a desire to have what is now what we call the Midwest Healing Center. At that time, I was, I was an evangelist. Uh, had worked up uh, through a few years to finally having a, an office that I operated out of, a little 900-square-foot building. And I was traveling, um, meeting here and there, and holding weekly meetings. Uh, but we were borrowing places. We were very scattered out. So I would do, I had done television in a few different places just because we had to borrow other people's space, right, to, to do television. We had to, you know, you couldn't do it in my office. It was a very narrow, long building. No room to do it there. So so we're, we're going somewhere and we're doing TV here. Well, if we want to have any meetings, we got to go there. Uh, we've got the office here, but radio, we got to do over there. So I hear God say one day as I'm driving down the road, right? Now, this is, this is one of those, hey, I have a promised land for you, right? And, and I wasn't complaining, by the way. I mean, it, the, the system I had was working, we were just very spread out. I couldn't see past the end of my nose on this because I thought, hey, I'm an evangelist. I go preach at other people's buildings. I don't need a building. I couldn't, I, my mind was not imagining. My, heart, my eyes were not seeing. My ears were not hearing, right? So we're, I'm driving down the road one day, and this is a road that I've lived here since 1978. 
same road I've traveled since 1978. And all of a sudden I hear God say, look, that's the Midwest Healing Center. And I said, what is that? I don't know what Midwest Healing Center means, right? I'd not had that in my thoughts, in my mind, in any way. And really at that very moment, I didn't even understand why do I need a so-called healing center? But he brought my attention to a building in our town that had been sitting there abandoned for some time. And long story shorter, but not short, uh, I began to fill my thoughts with, well, I wonder what that would look like. I would say to my children as we're driving by, I would say, look, kids, there's the Midwest Healing Center. And then I would say this, say it. And my kids are like, the Midwest Healing Center. <laughs> you know, I would make them say it. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. But he began to let me imagine what I would do with such a place. Well, right away, right away, oh, you don't need that. Right? The voices started talking. Why do you need that? I mean, I'm talking about from other believers and Christians and people that knew us and people that were even involved in the ministry. Why would you want to do that? The voices started talking. How much is that going to cost? Then it was, well, how would you even keep up with a place like that? Do you know what it costs to, to even have monthly bills like that? you you got to have insurance and electric, on and on. Well, all I know is what he said. I wasn't even sure I was convinced yet, but I knew that I'd heard the voice of God. He could see the impact of the future that he was calling me to and the need for such a place. So in the end, we needed almost $225,000 to buy this particular building and to fix it up. And all my thoughts were being pulled to all the pastors in my life that I knew personally who were so strapped to debt they can't even think straight. I mean, buried in it. My father-in-law, my father, cousin, brother-in-law, and then I knew, gosh, guys, I knew probably 50 other pastors personally, right, from traveling and all that, who, who were friends with them, and all of them, all of them were just buried under debt, and they would act like it was a badge of honor to sacrifice for Jesus by being in constant debt. So I had no real life examples to look at for hope, but I had a Bible. And I begin to imagine and then find scripture to back it up. Or imagine and find no scripture to back it up. And those thoughts, they had to go out the window. So God says, hey, because here was the thing. I'm like, no, nah, nah, look, I'm, I'm functioning pretty well here. Um, without that kind of debt. And this is what God said. God said, I didn't ask you to go in debt over it. And then he said this, because my thoughts are going right, you know, he knows my thoughts. He said, I didn't ask them to go into debt either. Oh, okay. Well, how are we going to do this? He said, we're going to do it debt free. Now, no examples in my life personally. My family, again, I'm talking about close family of mine, four in my direct family had been pastors for 30 years and still owed a stupid amount of money. But I went to the word. The Bible had to be in my brains. I thought it. I began to speak it. Then I began to do it. That was April of that year. I, I, I heard Midwest Healing Center. Okay, I believed. So I asked, hey, if anybody, if anybody wanted to, you can donate. You can donate to it. And that's it. That's it. I just said, hey, if you want to, God's laid it upon my heart. It's going to be debt free. If you want to be a part of it, hey, just donate. 
just donate to it. That's it. Wasn't long. Well-meaning Christians who were ministers started saying, hey, just believe God for a loan, then believe to pay it off. Well, I watched that my whole life. Yeah, God blessed us and gave us favor with the bank at 7% for 30 years. Friends, I don't need that kind of favor. God said debt-free. And I had to keep imagining and speaking and doing as though it were true. This is April, May, June. So God is saying, because I'm bouncing a little bit here and there. God says, so do you believe it? Yeah, God, yeah, look at me, I'm rolling, right? So then God says this, well, uh, then go ahead and schedule your yearly summit meetings for the new building. Now, we had been holding them in, in the mall. Uh, we'd been holding the summit meetings. We, we got a place in the mall and we were able to do that. But we had outgrown it, right? 125 people, you couldn't fit anymore. We had outgrown it. People had to get turned away. In this town of 900, 125 people, and I'm turning people away every year. And so God says, well, then why don't you go ahead and schedule your summit meetings for the new building this year then? I mean, big boy, if you believe, okay, wow, wow. Mind you, I don't own the building. Nowhere near the money to buy it. We had about $20,000 at that time. Okay, so I contact the speakers. And there you go, Lord. Nope, see, Lord, look, I I contacted the speakers, told them, hey, we're going to do the summit this year in our new building. It's going to be exciting, guys. I'm going to get you the details soon, but we're going to do it in our new building this year, and I want you guys to come and help us kick it off. It's going to be so good. And so I'm like, there, Lord, see, see? And he said, well, but you didn't book their hotel rooms yet. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it there. So, okay, so the rooms are booked, huh? Huh? This is in July. This is in July. The summit's in December. No building, right? And we stalled out with just a few bucks coming in here and there. And I'm like, no, come on, God. God has spoken. Lord, I've proven that I believe. And he says, you have? Oh, oh. He said, uh, well, have you made a TV commercial for the summit yet? What? And he said, and uh, are you advertising on the radio yet that you're going to be holding it in your new building? Find out the address of that building and advertise it that in December, you will be holding a summit in that building. (laughs) Okay, commercial, August. Summit in our new building, the Midwest Healing Center. Don't own it yet. And the thoughts came that said, "Um, you know, you might just check on a backup place to hold the summit. I had to cast that down. I know what God said, September. And now the end of September, beginning of November, the summit's at the end of December. I'm already advertising nationwide on television, uh, all over the Midwest on radio. Uh, flyers are made. I've contacted speakers. I've made newsletters and mailed them out to our people that, that come and are so faithful, and we're having it again in the new building. And uh, you know, Okay, end of September, beginning of November, I heard God say, because, right, we're stalled out. We're stalled. I heard God say, Now, you're going to contact so-and-so for the money. No, no way. No way am I going to go to so-and-so and and say, God said that you're supposed to give me money? No, no way. God, you don't even 
let me ask for money on the TV show. Like that's something that God put in my heart, not to spend the last 10 minutes of your TV show begging for money through trinkets and oil from uh, a tree planted by the grave of Jesus, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, the hem of the garment, I got a piece of the hem of the garment and toothpicks from the cross of Jesus. This is bull, I, I can't stand that. God said, no, you're not gonna do that on the TV show, so you don't let me ask for money on the TV show. I mean, even ask just our people to give on the TV show, and now you're telling me, you're telling me to call these specific people and tell this specific person that God said you're supposed to give? No, no. And guess what happened? God went silent. I heard nothing. I'm praying and nothing. And so I'm like, what is the deal? And he said, I said, go ask so-and-so. I'm like, God, please, please. And he goes silent. So, so, so I get the courage up to call them, this particular couple, and I said, I need to meet with you at the coffee shop. That's where we'd started out, right? That was one of our places that we were meeting, the coffee shop. That's where we started out, where Tuesday Night Healing School turned into television. Great success. And this couple had met me there during that time. They were a part of the Methodist or Lutheran church at that time, and they came in, been very faithful. Well, sure, we can meet you up there Friday. So Thursday comes and, you know, hey, we, sorry, Donnie, we, we can't meet on Friday. I'm like, oh, come on. You got to be kidding me, right? I mean, I'm just like, oh, I've just built up the courage to do this. And so my imagination is trying to bring fear. And again, God said, did I tell you to ask them? I'm like, yes, I know, I know you did. Then why are you trying to worry? He said, imagine what it would be like to see a check that big. So I finally called them and I said, I'm coming to the house to see you guys. And I get there and we go out on the porch and, you know, we're drinking some coffee and just sitting there chit-chatting. And I'm nervous, right? Faith guy, nervous. And I said, all right. I said, uh, well, guys, I'm here because I need $185,000. And the, the woman sitting to my left literally spit her coffee out across the deck. I'm like, well, this is going well. And the husband said, he's just sitting back all cool. He said, well, I knew why you were coming. So I talked for just a few minutes, just nervously. I don't even know, rambling on. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I need to excuse myself. I'm going to go to the restroom for a moment and just let you guys have a minute here, okay? And so I went into the bathroom, and I remember I looked in the mirror I remember looking in the mirror and I'm like, what have you done? What have you done? And I heard God say exactly what I told you to do. That's what you did. <sighs> okay. So I come out and he says, the, the, they're both standing up out there now. She's cleaning up the coffee that she spit out. And he said, okay. He said, well, I said 50,000. She said 80, so we'll do 80,000. <laughs> I'm not just, what? I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I needed 185000 total, but I mean, come on. I mean, you can't be upset with $80,000. I, I just leave there riding high. I mean, why wouldn't you? I call the board members before I even get out of the you know driveway, and I'm telling them. And this is so funny. Both of them said, well, we got it then. And I said, no, I, we only got 80000 We needed one hundred and eighty-five. And both of them said, this was so, without even talking to each other, no, we got it. I was like, wow, they're seeing something here. 
So the next week rolls around and they had to uh, uh, contact their investment advisor. It was in stocks. And so they called me the day before and I'm still battling this battle of that's awesome, but I needed 185,000. And, uh, but I mean, Hey, that sure gets me a lot closer. I only need 105,000. And, and so, um, they call and made sure I had all my paperwork for the ministry and stuff so we could get this done. This is, um, you know, we're, we're into, uh, end of September, beginning of November. Uh, bring your paperwork and we get this done. Okay. So then they called me back like two minutes later and I can tell I'm on speakerphone and, and the gentleman said, did you understand, did you understand what I'm saying? And I said, yeah, get the paperwork, right? I got to have the articles and in, incorporation, in the thing. And, and yeah. And, and I heard his wife standing there like behind him through the phone. Oh, he's not getting it. And so he says, you got it. And I said, yeah. I, yeah. And he said, you got it. And I said, I got what? He said, no, we're going to go ahead and do 185000 I'm telling you, this works. Imagining the promise of God's word being fully oper- operative in my life. And now catch this. So there was going to be a large fee attached to the transferring of this over and, and, and the broker's fees, right? And the guy said, well, I think, you know, you, you, you could probably handle that part, right? You know, well, we didn't have it. And so this is funny. There was going to be a large fee attached to transferring it over a few thousand dollars. And, but God said debt free, right? And I, I don't have money set aside for that. I mean, we've got money for the building, right? And I could have taken it out of that. And so it took this guy like a week to get these things finalized. It seemed like it took longer to me than it should. And so when I, when I came in there and uh, we were going to do this, and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, those stocks were so good that the week that it took me to get it transferred over, it made $3,000 last week. And so I'm just going to take my fee from there. Come on now. I had to imagine it, speak it, and then take action towards it as though it was really going to happen. And so um, that's exactly what happened. We get the building, we had the money, got it remodeled, and we held that summit in this building. So I think we can see this pretty good in the life of that woman with the issue of blood over in Mark 5. We know the backstory. She's had an issue of blood for 12 years. And as we do, if something doesn't change, you know you're going to try everything along the way in the natural. And she's exhausted all of her options. As the Bible says, she spent all of her money, been to all the specialists. She's no better. She's getting worse. And then the story changes all of a sudden when it says, but when she heard of Jesus, ah, ha, ha, when she heard of Jesus, she set out based off what she had heard, still bleeding, still broke, still weak, with all the reports flowing into her mind of 12 years. But she set out, and then what? What does it say? She said, if I can but touch the hem Imagine her imagining this. She sees the crowd and she's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? There's no way I can get his attention. Obviously, everybody's trying to get his attention. How am I going to do it? She sets out and she's imagining this and then says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. She's already imagined this. Now she's speaking this, right? Right? She sees all the people flocking around Jesus because they're going to go watch him heal Jairus' daughter. They've been traveling with Jesus from Decapolis. Nobody else is getting healed at that moment, right? He's just on his way. But she had to imagine it based off the information that she received about this man named Jesus and what he could do in healing her. And if I can just touch the hymn. She saw it first, imagined it, spoke it, and then what? She did it. 
and she was made whole instantly of that plague. Nobody else had done this before, right? She, she invented this one in her mind. She had no examples of anybody doing this. She had to see it in her mind and speak it and follow through with it. Now, that's in chapter five. Now by chapter six, it says, everyone who touched the hem of the garment was being healed. Come on, isn't that awesome? She made a way for others to be able to receive. Do not allow the devil to convince you that it doesn't work that way. It does. And we need to start imagining big enough to allow God to fit into those imaginations. When he says, I can do more than you could even ask or think, you better believe that. Do not be deceived that you cannot imagine big things that line up with God's word. The devil's going to try to tell you, this is foolishness. You, you need to be realistic. That's just silly. No, it's the word of God. And the natural mind cannot figure it out because it is foolishness to them. But here's the thing. I'm not imagining on a natural scale. I'm imagining in a supernatural scale. So as you meditate on God's plan for your life, you begin, you begin to talk about it. You're going to begin to tap into the exceeding greatness of God's supernatural power. And all the things that would dare stand in the way of that promise are going to fall away. See, that's what those spies forgot. Even if there's giants, that's my land. That's my promise. And God is going to have to do something about them. Friends, I promise you, you're going to have giants. But don't forget, you got promises. Man, you can get so busy looking at giants, you didn't even look at the grapes. Proof right in front of your face. Come on, I promise you, you're going to have some giants, but you got some promises. And as we continue to do this and imagine it and speak it and do it, we're going to soon begin to see that those things that were once problems, they're not problems anymore. Now I'm walking in the manifest promise. Now it's a reality now because I'm a doer of the things that I've heard and I'm always going to take those thoughts captive and I'm going to interrogate them. And if they cannot quote me scripture on why they are there, then they're out of there. Come on, I dare you to dream big again. Imagine the things that God wants you to do. Do not allow the devil to hijack your imagination. That's God's way of, of, of showing you the preview to the movie. He's letting you in on what's coming. Not the whole, not the whole show, but enough that you'll want to go see it. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for joining me on the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Hey, until next time, you know I'm going to be imagining attempting the ridiculous and achieving the miraculous. Yeah.